Hey everyone, my name is Brandon Patrick, that's Sophie Green, and you're listening to the Superlit Podcast. Superlit Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBTQIA community. Hello, Sophie. Uh, Hi. <laughs> I was like, do you want to clock back in? I'm clocked. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Been done. Did. Already done. Been done. I'm here. Oh, um, this author is from New Jersey. I just realized. Oh. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This week we're reading You're a Main One, Matthew Prince. <laughs> I've been waiting to say it. I've no. been waiting. Uh, and that's by Timothy Janowski, I believe is the pronunciation of their last name. Um, they're an author from New Jersey. And I think this was just like out on one of the like, you should read this tables at Barnes & Noble. I think that's what how we stumbled upon it for like Christmas. Uh, Yeah. Sounds right. That sounds right. Sounds right. So I got a paperback. Um, and I don't know. If, does that mean that a hardcover exists or they haven't put one out yet i don't remember what uh it depends on the publisher sometimes people put out paperbacks just as the original publishing mm. um this came out this year so in 2022 at least well that's what the copyright for this says so i'm assuming that means it came out this year so if you're looking for holiday reads for this year that are new maybe put this on your list um i'll read the back of the book to you Sophie, since I know um, you can't read. Mm-hmm. Matthew Prince is a young, rich... <laughs> no, not is a. <laughs> is. Is young, rich, and thoroughly spoiled. I bet he can read better than me, too. So what if his, if his parents barely remember he exists and the press is totally obsessed with him? He's on top of the world, but one major PR misstep later and Matthew is cut off and shipped away to spend the holidays in his grandparents' charming small-town hellscape... <laughs> Forgot that it said hellscape. Population, who cares? Who even cares? It's bad enough he's stuck in some festive winter wonderland. It's even worse that he has to share space with Hector Martinez, an obnoxiously attractive local who is unimpressed with anything and everything Matthew does. Just when it looks like the holiday season is bringing nothing but heated squabbles, the charity gala loses its coordinator, and Matthew steps in as a saintly act to get home early on good behavior. With Hector as his maddening... I can't say maddening. I cannot say maddening. Maddening. With Hector as his maddening plus one. I can do it when I say it in the voice. But even a Grinch can't resist the unexpected joy of found family, and in the end, the forced proximity and infectious holiday cheer might be enough to make a lonely prince's heart grow three sizes this year. I actually suggested this to to, to short James um, mm-hmm. when I started reading this. I was like, I think you should read this. Oh, no. It's kind of James. It's kind of James. <laughs> um, and I mean that in parentheses, respectful. Mm-hmm. 
but yes, we we start off with we find out that the PR misstep is that Matthew Prince purchased an island. You heard it right. He purchased an island. He bought an island because he, he was said, upset. Let me, just, let me just get an island. And that is really, you know, um, is that where you really checked like out? Related, relatable action, and it just makes me feel a lot of sympathy for this character. And I want to like really know his struggles and like what he is going to do to, you know, really recover from this experience of having enough money to purchase land. <laughs> You knew we were reading about a rich person, right? Yeah, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> that was the uh, reason. What was the reason? Yeah, tr- um, truly. No, it was definitely yeah. uh, you just no. there's no realism here. She left the building. It's okay. That's she fine. She saw the book and went, you know what? I don't need to be clocked in for this. This could have been an email. <laughs> This could have, this book could have been an email. No, I cried a bunch. <laughs> I don't cry over emails. I'll send you an email. Please do. <laughs> begging. Um, I, so I'm not kidding when I say, I, whenever there's a grandmother in a story that is like very doting, like grandparents, I just get emotionally yeah. attached to them. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's why you saw me crying <laughs> on the couch earlier. <laughs> Listen, I have a book for you. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, don't say Sookie Stackhouse. No, it's not. <laughs> no, she just have a great grandmother. That did hurt watching who, that. Who do we die in, in the yeah. first book? Um, no, I'll, t- I'll talk to you about it later. It's fine. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I, I always fall in love with grandparents in books, especially when they're super accepting and um, it's like family members trying to like rebuild a relationship because Matthew mm-hmm. is... I think like 21, I believe it is. Literally a child. Yeah. He's a 21-year-old socialite um, with, it seems, endless money until um, we meet him and he doesn't have endless money. Um, And his mother is the author of a, like, beloved, like, book series. And it, it feels... I'm trying to figure out, as I was reading it, I was trying to figure out like what book series it would be comparable to. Um, yeah. Because it it doesn't feel like um, the magical one, which I won't name, because it seems like uh, different than that, um, but on the same level of how, I guess, quote unquote, beloved it is. Probably people, uh, maybe like, the Sarah J. Mass books that are out right now, I feel like people are pretty feral about those fandom wise. Which ones are those? A Quote of Stone and Roses. Oh, I think I've heard of that one. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the number one book talk book right now. Mm. And it kind of has that energy, I think. I haven't read them, but that's the energy it was giving me. Yeah. I in my brain I just said Game of Thrones because I was like, okay, this is like a multi you know, there's like many different books and I'm assuming there's a lot of books of those because people seem to go feral over those as well. Yeah. Um, but insert your own, uh, book, uh, into this. And I'm sure like it, not your own book, but you know what I'm saying? Like a, a trilogy or what? Book. Yeah. I mean, it could be, um, insert your own, uh, opinion there in terms of which book you think it is, uh, comparable to, but yeah, it's the classic, like, 
parents have money and they're very distant from their child who they also are. um, Oh gosh. Do I say like mentally abusive and distant? (laughs) I would say so. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Perhaps. But we don't have to deal with them for a good point. Like, you know, portion of the book, which is nice. He gets shipped off to his grandmother. It's like right at the beginning of the book. And I truly believe that he steps into like a Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's what happens. It also yeah. feels very much like that movie with the one actress from, um, oh my God, that acapella group movie. Pitch she was Perfect. also in Bridesmaids. Yeah, Pitch Perfect. The one that was also in Bridesmaids. The Australian one. Forgetting the actress's name. She Trevor Wilson was in Bridesmaids. Yeah. Yes, she was. She was, I believe, her um Kristen Wiggs roommate. Oh, right. I forgot about yes. that. Yes, it was like a very small role, but she's in that. But um, there's a movie that she's in where um she gets like knocked out, and in the process, she believes everything to be like a musical that is also like super hot dudes are in love with her. And it's like, oh my god, what? No, this is the stop. It kind of felt like that kind of land Um, in terms of like, um, it just seemed like uh, holiday magic. It's here in town um, to me in the way that it operated. And I, they, they mentioned that in the book too, that it's like very hallmarky. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of funny. It was, it was very, it was very meta. Yeah. It was like on this episode. (laughs) No. Yeah, that's kind of where we start, and we get introduced to the town. Um, Matthew is insufferable for, I want to say, 30% of the beginning portion. Or, not the beginning portion, but, like, the book itself. I would say only, like, 30%. I'm like, ugh, rich, rich idiot. What, what would you gauge it as? <laughs> I just know this isn't, like, your cup of tea in terms of books. It kind of is for me, because it's just, like... no. That's a ridiculous problem, romance. I like these books. I mm-hmm. love reading stupid romance books. I have no qualms with reading books about like really basic plot lines and kind of just like cheesy, like I'm here for the fun. Mm-hmm. But like the characters have to be likable. <laughs> I well, feel he's like, like they not just... meant to. I don't, I, in my opinion, he wasn't like meant to be likable in his current state. He had yeah, to go through some that, so my problem is, is I don't think we got to see any evolution. Like nothing. I don't feel like anything like really significant happened. They were just kind of like, he's different now. It's different because he, um, he, he apologized one time um, for doing a thing once and then um, like respected workers. <laughs> one time i think no i think he started (laughs) no no that's not fair tell me tell me the point in the book where he started his redemption arc i think around page because i just finished it today and i read a lot of pages today Uh um i feel as though around like 158 it's when the like holiday cheer starts you know getting to him and he starts being less of like a rich asshole and more mm-hmm. of like, okay, well, no, t- you're right. To make this gala like really good, it has to be for these unicorn people. Like the people who live here are mm-hmm. like badass and they refer to them as like, you un- like the Hector calls them unicorns because they're unlike anything else anywhere. Like, and you know, he's b- where he's been. Uh-huh. And 
he starts kind of leaning into it and starts like, I think behaving like the town is full of unicorns as well. And I think that's kind of where it started. I would say, um, I think it was around page 158, maybe further along than that. Maybe like 178. I remember the page ending in eight and it was in the 100 realm, um, after like 128, because I, I started at page like 150 today. She said, I have receipts. I have receipts. Um, let me pull up my screenshots. (laughs) Um, but no, I think it was around then when it happened. Um, and maybe because I'm picturing my friend James as this person, I'm like, okay, we've all been idiot 21-year-olds. Could you imagine if we were rich enough to buy an island? And oh, God. Yeah, we would be horrible. I would be in Laguna Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for our podcast. I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> We talk about how nothing happens in any Laguna Beach episode. No episode. episode, Nothing happened. Nothing Um, happens, but there's always drama. But I do, I think it like he did start changing. And I think his, because of his family not being able to discuss, um, I, what was it? Generalized anxiety disorder. Is it generalized or general? Generalized. Yeah. The GAD. Uh Um, I, I'm not the kidding. Josh they, Gad. Yeah, when they call it Gad the first time, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, wait, we're talking about anxiety. Okay, I know what it is now. It just threw me for a second. But yeah, I think um, with this, because his family doesn't talk about that shit, and you know, they kind of roll their eyes when he does try to discuss it. He's just like learned to not deal with it in a very healthy way at all. Um, and that's kind of where the island buying happened, mm-hmm. um, because he had a very bad, um, I don't think there's a way to say I had a bad panic attack and that like explain why you bought an island, but no, in this instance, I think in, in this particular instance, it's like, if again, if I was rich and I had a panic attack and cause I've done dumb shit while having panic attacks, um, I can't imagine if I was also rich on top of that. Um, God, that would have been bad for me. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? Uh, Honestly, I think it might, it probably wouldn't be as bad as buying an Island, but it would be bad. I think it would be bad. I would buy like a home or something that like it, I could not afford some, I don't, well, if I was rich, I could afford it, but still yeah. like I would do something <laughs> dumb. I would pay off all of my loans. All <laughs> yeah, I would pay off someone else's loans. It would be loans so dramatic. Accident. I would just pay off everyone's loans. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you want to become an asshole? Guess what I just did? Paid off <laughs> your stupid loans, bitch. That's um, what I'm saying. <laughs> call me Joe Biden. I just paid off $10,000 of your student loans. JK, he didn't do that. Um, he would never do that. No, he he said, oops, the judge got in the way. Um, oh, sorry. Ooh, I'm not the president. I wish um, there was a guy in charge of the country that could somehow do something, do something about all these politicians in the way. Oh, wow. Sorry. Sorry about it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think especially towards the end, too, um, with... I'm I'm not going to spoil it, but I think towards the end too, especially like you see that character arc kind of round itself out. Um, mm. But I also know that you have zero tolerance for people who behave like that. 
I listen, so this is I'm like so if Kim sorry. Kardashian had a panic attack and bought like that's Adidas. what I'm saying. You would be like, that's okay, you did that. That was your fault. Wow, there just wasn't enough time with him. Uh, in the as middle like phase, in, in in the middle phase, or like mm-hmm. as an individual, we kind of just like started with him as a mess. He stayed a mess, and then he was suddenly better. Yeah, but like only with like a significant amount of influence from like outside people. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little bit of it has to be like internal. Cause then you're just sort of like, okay, so, so you're just trying to, what are you trying to, what's the here, what's the motive here? He's also, get he his dick stop wet. That's truly name the motive. dropping clothing brands. You know how I hate that. <laughs> his pink crackled, like yes! Alexander McQueen jeans. Yes. I was. Oh, I wanted to die. The designer names are being dropped at all times in this book. I was living. Thanks. This is living. This is this is Brendan's favorite book. This we've is ever your read. nightmare. This is and my this reality. Is my- <laughs> is that your reality? Yeah, because I love that shit. Um, um it just <laughs> But like, so like, even like the, so that, so like, no, but stuff like that. Okay. So like, even the stuff where he was like starting to like be nicer to people and like interact with people and like not being a complete dick to his grandmother and stuff. Mm -hmm. He's still like the first time he went into like the meeting or started going to places to like be asking for money for the gala. Mm -hmm. He was like wearing like a designer coat and like dressed in like furs or something insane Mm-hmm. And was like not self aware enough to be like, oh, maybe I should fucking tone it down when I'm trying to like support a charity. Maybe yeah. this like shouldn't be about me. So really funny. Um, as you know personally, I've been rewatching Ugly Betty, and in season three, all of the <laughs> the Mead Empire's money gets stolen. And so, um, Daniel Mead and Wilhelmina Slater have to go. Like the United States government is considering bailing out print media at this time because in that, I think it's 2009, um, that was actually happening, I believe. Mm-hmm. So print media started failing spectacularly around then, and the government was considering doing bailouts, if I remember correctly. If not, that part was just made up for the story, but I think I remember that happening too, like mm-hmm. in real time. And Daniel's mother is like, hey, you two have to tone it down if you're going to go beg the government for money. Because, like, why should the tax-paying citizens of the states give you money when you look like that? And mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. I was thinking of that when he started going around. I was like, he needs to tone it down because you can't ask for money in a Gucci suit in this kind of environment. So, like, if you were doing it, like, the Met Gala is a charity event. That's different. <laughs> like, that is a fashion event. This, in particular, isn't. So, I was th- I was thinking of that exact episode when I started reading this and, like, that started mm-hmm. coming up. I was like, oh, he's going to embarrass himself and he's going to look like an asshole. And someone's going to be like, yeah, I told you, you can't dress or behave like that if you're asking businesses for money, even if it is to benefit them. Because they know you have money. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up. I wanted to talk about Ugly Betty. Of course you did. <laughs> I'm like the only person that watched it, it feels like. No one else watched it. Yeah, I feel like you're the only person who's watched, who watched it. <laughs> yeah, Leanne, my friend Leanne said that to me the other day. She's like, you're the only person I know that has watched that show. I'm like, and that's why it only had four seasons. Um, 
But no, I was thinking that too. And I, <laughs> it's a very good point, especially in like this kind of situation. Um, I think it's a good learning experience too. Uh, for this particular character, you can't um, go beg people for money uh, mm-hmm. when you're dressed like a fucking fashion monster. I feel like in, cause this is like a very formulaic story. It's like a very, like, this is a cute Christmas, like rom-com. You kind of know mm-hmm. what you're going to get. Like, yeah. we love that. I love and support that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there's always like a moment of like the rich character being like, Oh no, the town's watering hole is about to dry up. Would we need to raise money for, you know, insert Not the watering town, hole, insert town crisis here, mm-hmm. insert rich person. And like the mm-hmm. first step is always like, well, I'll just pay for everything. And then they give like a million dollar check to the mayor and the mayor's like, we don't take your money. We're prideful people. And then they do the thing where they help and raise the money in the town yeah. themselves. And I feel like we skipped that step. And he was just like, hey, we're doing a charity event. Do you want to give us money? And they were like, you have money. Just give us your money. <laughs> <laughs> you and he with was the money. Like, oh, I had, hadn't thought of that. You know. Did I change my coat? <laughs> <laughs> Let me sell my coat. I thought he was going to sell his belongings. But then I was like, he wouldn't I, make enough money off of that. Every time he mentioned like all of his designer stuff, and I was like, he's gonna sell his things, and then he's gonna raise money for the charity. I see what's happening, but <laughs> no, J.K. Um, I might cut this exact moment out. I might leave it in for comedic effect. Do you remember that one book, People Like Us? I choose to forget with the her, Alexander yes. McQueen jeans. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I thinking of that when they started mentioning clothing. I was like, yeah. oh no, Sophie's in hell. <laughs> I hated it. What do you think? Here's a fun question for you. What do you think is worse yeah. when someone puts in a specific pop culture reference that is very in this exact moment, <laughs> like a song or uh-huh. naming a fashion house? I think naming a fashion house is usually more timeless, especially if it's like a world renowned thing Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. you see like a chanel bag or something Mm -hmm. like that could literally be like any time frame that could be any time that could be any bag that could be any time it could be any bag could be any time it could be anything it could be Uh, my art pop could be anything i'm just saying (laughs) so putting in a musical reference okay gotcha I don't know. I think it's it's like such a weird it's not a bad thing. It's I've said this eight thousand times probably on this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing. It is just like a very specific pet peeve of mine that it like if Mm -hmm. you just go too much mentioning It's a bad Sophie thing. She doesn't like Well, it's like I don't know. It it doesn't give me like a visual really of like how what's happening. Just kind of like because I'm not a fashion person, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's very I don't know why it bothers me. I'm trying to figure out why it bothers me. I can't explain it. It just does. I think it because it's a sign of wealth. <laughs> I think that bothers you. Well, yeah, it's like an irritating thing, too. Which is fine. I understand that. But yeah. As a person who wishes he could afford and or fit into Alexander McQueen, I am sure. There, there you go. That's probably why I like it. I, okay. How, how, hold on. Mm-hmm. So when it's like a character beat, when like mm-hmm. in Clueless. Uh-huh. When okay, yeah. And, and clueless when mm-hmm. Cher is leaving the party and yeah. she gets left in the parking lot because she doesn't want to 
make out with Elton and she gets mugged in the parking lot and the guy's like holding a gun to her head and he's like lay down on the ground and Mm -hmm. she's like no you don't understand this isn't a liar and she like holds open her shirt or her jacket so you can see her dress Mm -hmm. that is like a moment of like name dropping a designer brand and you can it's like part of the storytelling and it like fits because it's like yeah she's like a rich spoiled kid it is very concerned Mm -hmm. about the branding of the clothes she's wearing yeah and it fits the moment because it's completely ridiculous that she had literally has a gun to her head and she doesn't want to get her dress dirty like yes but when it's just like a flow of narrative of like a character speaking Mm -hmm. internal like internal monologue and they're like my Louis Vuitton boots and I wore my spectacular like <laughs> Alexander McQueen jeans. And of course I topped it all off while I topped it all off with my favorite whipped cream. My favorite made jacket. Um <laughs> that is like when it becomes like irritating to me when it just like crosses over into like listing off designers as mm-hmm. like a just way of describing a character. It's less it's telling me stuff. It's not showing me necessarily, mm. you know, that old adage. There is a scene in sex in the city to add to your point about, um, the clueless thing. Uh, uh-huh. Carrie gets robbed and she's carrying, <laughs> um, a baguette. It is a type of bag from, I think it's Prada. Um, uh-huh. but she gets, someone's going to crucify me. I know, um, for not knowing which one it is, but she gets robbed of this, Oh, it's a Fendi baguette. It's Fendi. So Fendi had a, like, it's a little micro bag and she gets robbed and the guy's like, hand me your bag. And he has a gun and Mm -hmm. she's like, it's a baguette. And he's like, what? And she's like, it's a baguette. (laughs) And he's like, okay, give me the baguette. And she she like gives it to him and he goes, okay, the shoes too. And she's like, not the shoes. (laughs) These are my like, whatever, like Louboutins. And he's like, give me the shoes. So he robs her, and she waits until he runs around the corner to be like, wait, stop, my baguette. And people are, like, walking by at the end of the street, and they're like, what the fuck? And she's just screaming, he stole my baguette. So people are thinking, oh, he stole her French bread. Her bread. But I, (laughs) it's a baguette. A baguette. Very funny. This Um, is a $3,000 bag. A baguette? Yeah. Did you Google it? I just Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure at the time it wasn't because. They have a lime green one. Yeah. Interesting thing about the show is they say the prices of some of the shoes that she owns. And if you look up a pair of, um, let's say, Louboutins that she owns in like 20, like 2001 or whatever, they mm-hmm. were like $400 a pop. If you look them up now, they're like 900 at at least, I'm sure. So it's just mm-hmm. very interesting to hear the different price points, but I'm sure the baguette that she had was probably a thousand dollars at that point, and now it's like three million. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> enough about fashion. Uh, more about fashion. So, I his friend in New York, Bentley. Yeah, I was waiting, waiting for her to backstab him. I was waiting for it. I was. Oh, I know, right. Something bad to happen or to be like, oh, honey, we can't be friends. Let me tell you, um, when uh, like everything starts falling into p- place at the end of the book, I was like, fuck yeah, I knew it. Um, uh-huh. And it's not in the way that I thought it was going to be. And also like the parents, the thing that they do and bringing yeah. Hector into it was really shitty. 
Um, yeah, it felt like a, mm-hmm. a like a fumble in the end, kind of. Yeah, just like a like uh, I don't know conflict. But yeah, I mean, I had an enjoyable time reading this. I I what age group would you say this book is for? I could not tell you. <laughs> It's just under fiction romance. It's not under like YA. Um, I mean, I guess like just romance. It felt like new adult, maybe. It it yeah. felt very, it's uh, a better word, because yeah. all I can think of is immature, and that feels well, <laughs> derogatory. Yeah. <laughs> Parentheses uh, derogatory. Um, there, if this uh, helps um, for the people listening, there are sex scenes in this that I was uh, blushing reading. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I didn't expect them to happen. I expected it to like fade out. And it did then not it fade didn't. to black. Yeah. And also like the character, I think says fuck maybe once or twice, but maybe? I know there's cursing. And in those okay. like, expletives in the book, that's yeah. why I was curious what age group you thought it would be because I probably was, just like, regular mm-hmm. romance. Yeah. I think, um, Oh, it's time to be real. <laughs> I just got that notification too. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> We're doing it. But yeah, I I think in terms of the book, I think if you're looking for something that isn't YA, but isn't necessarily like, I would say in my brain, again, when I say easy to read, I don't mean that this has like no weight or depth, if you will. I usually just mean something that like I can read and I can turn my brain off and just focus on the book. Um, parentheses respectful, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I like, I had a pretty okay time reading this, especially, you know, I work in retail full time, so I need something. If I'm going to read it this time of year, I need a book that is easy for me to focus on. And it's not our last book would have been bad for me to read right now. Yeah. That would have been bad for me. Oh no. Yeah. Cause that, that was, um, a lot of like world building and a lot of, um, Big words. Not even big words. <laughs> I think kidding. it was I mean, you're not wrong, but like I I think it was I would have to like sit and reread a few pages normally mm-hmm. to read that book, only because it was uh magical realism. So you miss you miss a word and you're like, wait, something's on fire? Oh no, we're talking about a an internalized fire. Okay. Yes. Whereas with this, I was able to read it and just not feel like I was stupid. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, no, totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, no, it's like a no. It's like that's like a cute holiday book because mm-hmm. you just like have to. You don't really have to like think that much, you know. And that's like mm-hmm. kind of what I expected going into it. So it's a it's a it's a hallmark gay like story. So it's on Netflix. So it's it's yeah. chill, you know. There are some stakes. They're medium well, I would say. Um, but, you know, it's not like a high velocity kind of book, if you will. Mm-hmm. No, and, not it, you know, with those bit, kinds yeah. of books, you know, and also because it's a romance book, I think you know going into it that there's going to be a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think I would be interested to see the other books that Timothy has because he has a book coming out called, I think it's just called New Adult. Nolan Baker longs to be 30, flirty, and thriving. Same. In his charmingly quirky LGBTQIA plus rom-com that's 13 going on 30 meets one last stop coming in August of next year. I also like that this had um, resources for 
like um, mental health and for like crisis hotlines. And they were specifically like targeted, like um, directed towards like LGBTQIA people, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I think, especially when you mention a lot for a character, like I have generalized you know, anxiety disorder or like anything mm-hmm. along those lines. I And it's like mentioned more than once because it's a, you know, character coming to terms with how to go forward uh, with that and acknowledge it um, and give it room. I think um, the way it's handled in the book, I think was well done. And I know that at the beginning of the book, the author says, you know, I hope I did this with respect mm-hmm. um, and kindness I think they did a good job at high, like highlighting it and acknowledging it without it being like, I have anxiety and it makes me do dumb things. <laughs> it, I don't think it came across as that when it got further explained, in my opinion. Mm. Not sure how you feel about it. Um, Sounds bad. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just like trying to think. I'm just like yeah. thinking. I'm having, I'm having thoughts. And I'm, I'm having thinking. thoughts. They're percolating. Uh, um. I think that it wasn't like mishandled, like no, it wasn't mishandled for sure. So, mm. but it definitely had kind of like I don't, I don't, I tend to not like when mm. stuff like that is kind of used as like a catch-all for like mm-hmm. character motivation and stuff. And I feel mm-hmm. like yeah, and I don't like when it's kind of just like. Like it was, I don't know. It feels like it. I get. I mean, I guess so. Like the not to get too much into the ending because we don't do. We try not to do spoilies. But like, it seemed kind of like it was like, well, that's all resolved now. I don't have that anxiety disorder anymore. Like, mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? It's like it very. It was like very conveniently placed panic attacks, which is like such a weird thing to say. <laughs> that's like kind of how it felt. They always are. Trust yeah, you me. know. <laughs> They're always I'm at saying. work when you need them. Or on a I'm day. saying. Um, I, th- I think they did an okay job. I mean, I understand what you're saying, too. Um, but uh, <laughs> I guess in terms of, like, uh, the story, if it came up at a time that, like, any other time would be like, wait, why is this happening right now? Mm-hmm. Very interestingly enough, the he refers to, um, I guess, his inner saboteur, as RuPaul would call them. As yeah. uh, Krampus. As soon as I read that, right. I was like, no. That was that was like a little too much. I was it like, can't okay. be Krampus. Stop it right now. Yeah, you stop that. Um, you stop that. Stop it. But, I mean, otherwise, I, I feel like they was placed in places where, like, it had to be placed. I'm not sure where else it could have been placed, but I'm also not an author, so unsure. Not yet. Ooh. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I felt like um this had good bones, but it needed mm. like a little bit more poisonalization. Okay. I'm uh I, <laughs> I'm I'm of the opposite field. Uh yeah. I, I I think I just enjoyed it. I was just okay. happy to read it. That's good. Um, but I feel like that happens with us a lot where it's like Here's a, like an actual like critical critique, and I don't mean it like in a I'm being critical. It's just like here's a a critique from this point of view, and then here's one from this point of view, uh-huh. um, which is always nice. Yeah, I think it would be bad if we <laughs> always like the same things all the time. 
It would be it would be so bad. Yeah. It wouldn't I don't think it would be A interesting to listen to, but also um I feel like it would I feel like that's just like not possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think um on the other note that I had, I like I said, I like that there were the resources um in there. Um at the end. It's well, at least in mine, I don't know if they were in you read the like the <laughs> The online version is what my brain just said. Yeah. Baba, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget what your thing is. But you have the e-reader version of it. So I don't know if they have the like resources at the end. I'm sure mm-hmm. they probably do. But uh, No, it did. Ha- it did have uh, stuff. Oh, that's good. End. Okay. Yeah. It had like a full list. I'm assuming it's the same. Yeah, I think it is. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Other than I, don't, I don't really have any other notes other than... Uh, I think if you're one of those people that is starting to get into the mood for the holiday season, which is not Sophie, um, because it's not Christmas until after December not- 3rd. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Because Brendan huh? Fraser's birthday. Um, yeah. We will be observing. <laughs> yes. We will be respectfully observing. I think this is like a nice little like dip your toes in and then you can head on over to Netflix and watch the uh, Michael Yuri, um home for the holiday whatever that gay holiday movie was oh that was the same yeah you know what though (laughs) what what one of my friends is actually reading this also like coincidentally Mm -hmm. they posted about it i was like oh my god i just started this too so we've been like Mm. talking about it and the, we like after we had both read the first chapter, like the very very beginning of the book. So you get like, yeah. the that's like the worst that Matthew ever is. Yes, um, he does get better. I'm not saying I just wish that yeah. we saw more of it. I wish that yeah. there was more uh, of us like experiencing his transformation, kind of mm-hmm. not necessarily just being like he's better now. Yeah. Um. But oh, so we were like talking about it. We're like, oh, this main character, like this is like what's going on with him like i don't know blah blah, blah. And this other person is like i have no idea what book you're talking about but it sounds like this and they posted a trailer for that movie <laughs> oh my god that's so funny i don't think anyone's like rich in that one i think it's just no, like no, no. Yeah. yeah but it does it has the same vibe but i think it's because we don't really have a lot of like queer holiday themed things mm-hmm. um in terms of like movies um, and I love Michael Yuri. He's an ugly buddy. Um, he's also in Younger, which I really loved as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I I think that's the reason why I'm like, oh, yes, like this would be the next stepping stone because that's, we don't really have much else. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, I guess we have Die Hard, but, you know. What? <laughs> It's me claiming that Die Hard is a queer <laughs> holiday movie. Okay. It I have blacked out for a second, but yeah. I didn't. You, those are the words you said. and I Those are the words I said. Those are I'm claiming said, Die Hard And I understood now. them correctly, but yeah. I thought that I um, had missed a step in the middle, and I didn't. Brown the back step, in. The step was that... Um, <laughs> the step is that your co-host is unhinged. Um, well... <laughs> What Do you have anything else that you wanted for? to add, or are you you think we're good for we're good for going home for the holidays? Um, I feel like I had something that I wanted to say, and I don't remember what it was. I don't oh know. Well, why don't you tell me when I come upstairs? 
It was Unless like a part, it was like a specific line in the book that I was like oh. screaming about. Oh, wait, was it the thing that <laughs> I'm just mad about horses? <laughs> no, it wasn't that, <laughs> but that was also good. <sighs> oh my God. I'm not kidding. That made me lose my goddamn mind. I ju- uh, I'm just mad about horses. I'm just mad about horses. I think that's good. I think that's a good point. Yeah, I think um, I think we're good. I'm, I, I mean, I, I got everything out that I wanted to talk about. Do you have anything else, yourself? No, I don't think so. I think I'm, I think I'm good. All right. Well, I will say um, Hector is a sweetie, and I want to. He was cute. Loved Hector. I hope he gets his own book. <laughs> he might. There's the author who seems to write. Well, I guess that's not really a connected series. Yeah. But maybe, who knows? Who knows? Vote Hector in the chat. Yes. Text Hector to... All right. I'm done. Um, you're done. Is, we're, you're done. My name is Brendan Patrick. That's Sophie Green. We've been talking about... You're a mean one. Matthew Prince by Timothy <laughs> Janowski. And um, you've been listening to the Super Lit Podcast. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Outro music? Nothing? You're trapped here. You're trapped here. You can't leave yet. You're not allowed to leave. We're not leaving. Why? We're not leaving until we talk about the distribution of wealth in America. (laughs) (laughs) Someone help me. She lives here. (laughs) I'm coming upstairs. Upstairs? Oh, no. (laughs) 